0: So that song goes a, a whole lot deeper than, than just a kid's song. I know we used to sing at Bible schools and everything, because it was an easy song, very repetitive, easy for the kids to get, but we'll work till Jesus comes means that uh means that as a Christian, we're we're taking that to to the next level, to the to the forever, to eternity. Uh if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter number six this afternoon, Ephesians chapter number six, uh we're continuing our study on spiritual warfare. Uh this afternoon, we're, we're continuing on from last last week, last Wednesday, we studied on knowing our enemy, and, uh, and, and who is our enemy, and we, we studied on Satan tonight. I want to look a little bit deeper into that, and, uh, and we'll finish up on knowing our enemy, in that who, who fights for Satan? Satan can't do it all. God is omnipotent, omnipresent, Satan is not. He has helped. And so tonight, we're going to look at, uh, at who composes his army, what, what power they have, uh, what, what that entails, what that looks like in the Bible, and, uh, and ultimately, why, uh, why through Christ we already have that victory. Ephesians chapter number 6, uh, we're going to read verse 11 and 12, Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. So tonight we're we're looking at who who makes up the, the forces of Satan. And Paul here is saying it's it's not flesh and blood, it's it's principalities, it's powers, it's it's rulers of darkness of this world, it's spiritual wickedness. This is the the followers of Satan. Uh, and and I'm not gonna get into angels really deep, but it's it's the angels that followed Satan. It's the, the, the demons, the, the devils, the spirits that make up his workers, uh, for lack of a better term, that, that make up his army. And, uh, and tonight, if you have your Bibles, keep them open. We're going to flip to a lot of scripture. Uh, if you don't keep up with it all and, and don't write it down, that's okay. I, I have an outline printed out just like last week. They're on the podium in the back if, if you want to grab one on your way out. And uh, you can catch up. There's a lot of scriptures that we're not going to be able to turn to. Uh, For sake of time. But uh, we're going to try to get there. Revelations chapter number 12. Book of Revelation chapter number 12. We read here of the ultimate demise. Of Satan's armies. In verse number 7. There was a war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. That dragon being Satan. The dragon fought and his angels. So we know for a fact. Because of. Because of what it says right here, that Satan has an army that, that Satan has that has angels that follows him, they prevailed not, neither was there any place, uh, excuse me, was, neither was their place found anymore in heaven because they were cast out. We know that verse nine, and a great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We understand that that Satan has those angels, he has that army, and and that's what he fights with ultimately. Satan can't be in one place. We read in Job in chapter 2 and verse number 2 that Satan came to God from going to and fro in the earth, which means that he can't be there and there and still go to and fro, right? He has to be in one place at a time, but not saying that his workers, not saying that that those that do his bidding can't be. Ephesians chapter number 6, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Second Peter, chapter number 2. Book of Second Peter, chapter number 2, verse 4. It says, God spared not the angels that sinned, those who rebelled against God. We read last week of, the, of all the I wills that Satan talked about whenever he uh, rebelled against God. He said, I will exalt myself. I will become as God. I, I will rise up. And whenever he did that, he was cast out of heaven. And in verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, those that rebelled with Satan, those that followed him, those that wanted to rise up with him, but he cast them down in hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. He spared them not. But he cast them into the earth. Flip over, if you would, to Jude in chapter number 6. Excuse me. Jude chapter number 6. Let's see if we can find Jude number 6. Jude chapter number 6. If you can't find it, maybe you're reading out the wrong Bible. Jude verse number 6. I've always done that with the epistles of John and Jude. Verse number six says the angels which kept not their first estate, talking about their, their home in heaven, the first place that they were, but left their own habitation of their own will, hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness of the judgment of that great day. This again is the, the followers of Satan. So we know that he has an army, we know the, the ultimate demise of them, but we also know that they they abide in this earth until that point. Until the end of the world, until God, uh, or until the angels of God uh, defeat them. Flip over to Matthew chapter number 8. Book of Matthew chapter number 8. We find several places in the New Testament where angels and demons are mentioned, followers of Satan, workers of Satan. Matthew chapter number 8, we read of one beginning in verse 28 when he was come to the other side of the country of the, I'm not going to try to say that, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tomb, exceeding fierce that no man might pass by that way. Two men possessed by devils. I, I've heard the question posed, and my wife has asked me before, do you believe that people can be possessed by devils? I do. I have to. I have to. It's It's here. It's here. I believe that people can be possessed by demons. Verse 29, behold, they cried out, talking about the, the devils inside them, cried out, saying, what have we had to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before our time? So not only are they here because they, they got cast out of their first estate, cast out of heaven, they are here and they know they're in. They know that their time is coming. They know that their defeat is coming. But they know that they have time to work, to wage war against humankind down here. They know that they have that time. They are very well aware of this. And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. The devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us. to Go into this herd of swine. And he said, Go. And they were come out. They went out in this herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. These demons that possessed these two men were so powerful that they took over a whole herd of pigs, a whole herd of swine. And this was a yeah, a lot of times we, we read and we think and we, we feel there's no such thing as possession. That's, that's, that's stories. That, that's, that's just in the Bible. It's It's real. And we don't want to admit it. We don't... But we really don't want to think it. We don't want to think that there could be people around us that are possessed. But in reality, the Bible says that, that there are. There, there are people like that. There are people out there that are possessed. We read again in Matthew chapter number 12 of, of another instance. We read of Mary Magdalene. We, we read of the demoniac of Gadara. We, we read throughout the Bible that, that demons exist. And oftentimes, they can they can inhabit humans. They can take over It's the best word that I've come up with for it. They can take over humans. Uh, These are often weak-minded, often lost, those that reject God. And and so who does... Well, let's go ahead and go read it. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We're going to read verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. These people who allow Satan to use them, to use them as weapons for him, we know that he has angels that he uses. We know that he has devils, demons that he uses. He also uses unbelieving people. He uses lost people. The God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not. Lost people can be used to do Satan's work. Now turn over, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 16. Saved people can be used to do Satan's work as well. Do you believe that? You believe that saved people can do Satan's work? Peter didn't believe it until it happened to him. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show on his disciples that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed. Raised again on the third day, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. How did, how did Peter, well, let's go ahead and read what Jesus said. He turned, said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. Satan. How did Peter allow Satan to use his life, to use his words, to use his actions? And Peter was a disciple. Peter was an apostle. Peter was was one of Jesus' chosen ones. Are we exempt from Satan coming in our life and using our life for evil? Are Are we out of the woods because we're saved? There's a... There's a mercy rule in baseball. It's called a 10-run rule. If a team goes up by 10 runs, they shut the game down at five innings, they call it the mercy rule. They don't want it to get out of hand. 12 runs after four, 15 runs after three. Because they assume that there's no coming back from that, that it's not going to happen. We had a team scored 13 runs in one inning against us the other night. It can happen. But they assume that it won't happen, even though things can happen. As Christians, oftentimes we assume that it can't happen. We assume that that because we're saved, because we have a Bible, because we go to church, because we, uh, because we tithe, because we witness, because we uh, do mission work, we're exempt from Satan working on us. Job was a perfect and upright man. God allowed Satan to work on him. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And after the ark was set on dry ground, Noah messed up. David was a great dude. Satan got to. Nobody anywhere is exempt, even as a believer, from being used as an instrument of Satan. Nope, nobody. However, flip over, let's let's just go read it. James in chapter number four. I have this verse underlined in my Bible if I can find the book of James. It's one of my favorite verses because it tells us that we have a choice. James chapter number four, verse seven. Submit yourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, a lot of times I see it on the walls and I see it on the, the, the poster boards at school and they'll flash across church signs. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That is not all that verse says. That is not all that verse says. Go so back and read it. Verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. If we are not submitted to God, we can resist all we want. Anybody ever tried to stick two magnets together? Pole to pole? They resist, right? But if you're strong enough, you can push them together and you can hold them there. If you're strong enough, Satan is strong enough. If we resist him without submitting to God, he's got us. And there's nothing we can do. We're like the magnets. We can't go anywhere. We just get closer and closer and closer together. Until, you know, it's gone. Until it's over. till it ain't no more. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Then, you can resist the devil. then, He will flee from you. Even though we know that that in this world we're fighting spiritual warfare, not only against Satan, but against his angels, against demons, against devils, against unbelievers, against believers. Even though we're fighting all of this, we know that ultimately through Christ we can have the victory. But it's only through Him. That's the only way. Flip over to Philippians chapter number 2. If we are not submitted to God, if we are not given over to Him, then where in can we have a victory? How can we win? It's like going on the baseball field and not having a pitcher. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. It's like a football team without a quarterback. Everybody else just running around out there. There's nothing that you can do. Until we submit ourselves to God, until we remain in the center of His will, until we seek Him. Submit yourself unto Him means that you're turning loose of yourself. You're turning loose of what you want. I'm turning loose of the reins. God, I submit myself to you. you the boss. Philippians chapter number two. Verse number nine. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. What is that name? What is that name above every name? We sing about it at Christmas time. Jesus. Verse number one. Wherefore God is also highly exalted and given him a name which is above every name. Verse 10, that name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. Ultimately, Satan is going to have to bow to Christ. Ultimately, the demons, the devils, the angels, the unbelievers, the believers. Everyone will bow. To Christ, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Everyone. Like we talked about last week, Satan knows his ending. We've read the back of the book. We know what's coming. His armies do too. Those who work for him do too. Satan's power... Is limited. Flip over if you would to John in chapter number sixteen. Gospel of John, chapter number sixteen. Verse number thirteen, words in red, Jesus said, How be it? When he, the Spirit of Truth, is come. He will guide you in all truth. This is, He's talking to save people in the spirit of truth. Holy Ghost has come upon us. He will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine. And he shall show it unto you. What does that mean? The King James Version Bible is really confusing. What does that mean whenever you look at the language? It says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. But he will not speak of himself. He is simply a go-between. He shall speak what he shall hear. So what is he speaking? What is he hearing? Whenever the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking to us what the Holy Spirit thinks. It says the Spirit, the Spirit says unto us what the Spirit hears. Where does the Spirit hear it from? This is God talking to us. This is God leading us. This is God guiding us. The limit of Satan's power ends with the Word of God. The Spirit should lead and guide us in all truth. If we maintain in that, Satan has no power over us. If we are submitted to God, we resist the devil, Satan has no power over us. Because we are in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us. That's where it all begins and that's where it all ends. Flip over to Matthew chapter number 4. Jesus here was tempted of Satan. Verse 7, excuse me, verse 8. And again, the devil taketh him as a seed in a high mountain and showeth him. All the kingdoms of the world, the glory of them, it saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. What kind of power does Satan have to have to give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world? Peter said he's an adversary, right? A roaring lion. Lion is represented most of the time as the most powerful beast in the movie, right? Lion King, lions was the boss every time. It represented as strong, powerful, something that's hard to kill, hard to beat, hard to whoop, hard to trap, hard to do anything to. And that is what Satan is represented as. As a beast that is extremely hard for us to do anything to outside of God. He offered Jesus everything. And he can do that to us. He can offer us everything. He tempted Jesus with three things, the same three things that we talk about all the time in 1 John. He tempted him three times with the same three things. And and Satan, I I believe with all my heart, that Satan had the power to give Jesus this. But how did did Jesus defeat him? Verse 10, it said, Get thee hence, for it is written, It is is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve even Jesus tempted even so as we are defeated Satan with the word of God Jesus being the living word casted out demons as the word of God Jesus resisted the devil as the living word of God and that's the power that we have to fight this is it This is where it begins. This is where it ends with the Word of God. If God be forced, what's that verse that's on the pillars, on the side, who can be against us? If God fights for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We know that Satan is a worthy adversary. We know that Satan knows that that he he is constricted. That he only has a certain time to work. He knows that he can only reach a a certain amount of people. He knows that he can only do so much, but he's working so hard to do that. He knows that he can use not only his army, his angels, his demons, his devils, he can use unbelievers. He can get to believers. But through the power of Christ, believers have the ability to resist the devil, but we must be submitted to God. If we aren't, then we're in trouble. And we can be easily tempted. We can be easily seduced by the devil. We have to remain close to God.